This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. Pakistan may be splitting up once again. This time, not into two halves, but four pieces. As we speak, Pakistan is headed for war. Not with another country, but with itself. A civil war. Its National Security Committee has said that Pakistan has a right to defend itself. The United States has thrown its support behind this right proclaimed by Islamabad. The U.S. State Department spokesperson Ned Price has parroted Pakistan's words. He said, and I quote, The Pakistani people have suffered tremendously from terrorist attacks. Pakistan has the right to defend itself from terrorism. But who exactly does Pakistan want to defend itself from? The TTP or the Tehreek-e-Taliban Pakistan. A group which has declared a parallel government in Pakistan appointed its own cabinet. This is the ideological terrorist group which took over the Swat Valley in 2008 and massacred 132 students and 17 teachers at a school in Peshawar back in 2014. This time, the TTP has declared a war against the Pakistan state. Apart from controlling large swathes of territory in western Pakistan, the group has bases in Afghanistan, and Pakistan wants to bomb these very hideouts. The Afghan Taliban assert that their country is not Syria. You can't just get in and bomb it, as Israel bombs Damascus. Before I proceed, a question for all of you. Will Pakistan come to regret this right to defend itself doctrine? I say this for a reason. Because Pakistan has been an acknowledged sanctuary for a huge range of terrorists from groups such as the Lashkar-e-Toiba, Al-Qaeda, Jaish-e-Muhammad, Hezbul Mujahideen. All of these have indulged in unspeakable brutality in India's Jammu and Kashmir. And who can forget the utter barbarism of the Mumbai 2008 attacks. Pakistan has been the sanctuary for the notorious Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. So tonight I ask all of you, do Pakistan's neighbors now have the right to bomb terrorist sanctuaries in Pakistan? Let's not forget, India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi raised international awareness of Pakistan's sponsorship of terror. In 2019, Following the Pulwama attacks, India bombed Pakistan. India told the world that New Delhi had the right to defend itself, to get inside Pakistan and bomb terror hideouts, because these terrorists were threatening India's very national security. Back then, the world accepted it. And now Washington is formally endorsing it. Let's be clear. Does this mean that the next time that India bombs terror dens in Pakistan, the United States will support India also, and without any hesitation? Whatever the answer to that question may be, one thing is clear. Pakistan's case is a far cry from India. The Tehreek-e-Taliban is a child of Pakistan's own policy, an offspring of the Afghan Taliban, which was created by Pakistan in the 1990s. Nurtured in Quetta during the two decades of exile after 9-11, and then led by the ISI once again to power in Kabul. 
Pakistan now segregates the good Taliban from the bad. Islamabad supported the Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan because it wanted to sideline India from Afghanistan. You know, the strategic depth and all of that. And now, Pakistan finds itself trapped. Afghanistan's jails and TTP prisoners when the Taliban took over Kabul. This is not news. And Taliban had set them free. Pakistan should have known back then that empowering the Taliban would mean emboldening the TTP, facilitating its regrouping in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa, arming the TTP to carry out attacks in Pakistan, tightening its grip on tribal areas, commissioning suicide bombers, kidnapping policemen, taking army officials hostage. All that is happening now. And I'm amazed that most Pakistani leaders did not see any of this coming. But how could they? Since 1947, Pakistan's leaders have been trapped in a pseudo-idea, a concept without history, that Islam could be the basis of a nation. Well, if Islam had been sufficient as a basis of nationalism, why then would there be 22 Arab nations? Arabs and other Muslims believe that Islam is a common faith across nationalities, not the basis of a nation. Pakistan was created by the Muslim League and Jinnah under a false premise. Religion proved to be only a synthetic adhesive, which cracked under the pressure of other realities. Pakistan is rooted in a fragile concept, an artificial construct, if you will, masquerading as a country. Faith could not hold Pakistan together back in 1971, when Muslim-majority Bangladesh ironically fought for its independence from Islamic Pakistan. And 50 years later today, faith cannot prevent other wars of liberation, including in Balochistan. Why do I say that? The TTP has now intensified its war in Pakistan. The group's political objectives are clear. What is that objective? It is to replicate the Afghanistan model, to rule Pakistan. If not all of Pakistan, at least a part of it. This part, it's on your screens now. From the very beginning, the TTP's main demand has been a demerger of the Fatah areas from the Khyber Pakhtunkhwa province. What are these areas? It was a semi-autonomous tribal region in northwestern Pakistan. The region existed from 1947 up until 2018. The region had seven tribal districts and six frontier regions until Fatah was merged with Khyber Pakhtunkhwa. This obviously did not go down too well with the locals, with the local people. Pakistan thought faith could solve it all, help bring back peace, even stop the split. Former Prime Minister Imran Khan even wanted to understand the Taliban way of life. The so-called glue binding Pakistan together is non-adhesive. It doesn't hold. Pakistan's center does not hold. Today, if and when Pakistan heads for a split, it will not be breaking into two halves, but four pieces. And once the crumble begins, submerged or apparent volcanoes will erupt. The Punjabis and the Sindhis don't get along. 
The Balochistan Liberation Front has been fighting against the concept of Pakistan for more than 60 years now. Balochistan has been bombed by Pakistan's own military. The people of this land will be happy to borrow steam from the TTP's war and break away from Pakistan. Islamabad says it has the right to defend its own. But what do you do when the people living in Pakistan don't feel a sense of belonging? After Bangladesh's liberation, Pakistan began creating and arming terror groups. Why? Because it wanted to pursue its strategic interests through terrorism. The ISI was never shy about its sustained campaign of terrorism across India, with Kashmir being the epicenter. Pakistan continued arming Islamist groups. In 2000, Washington even issued a day march to Islamabad, demanding an assurance that Islamabad will stop support to Taliban. But the truth is that Pakistan has funded the Taliban, among many other similar outfits, bankrolled the terror group's operations, trained its fighters, recruited fighters for the Taliban because Pakistan thought that the Taliban could also help contain the aspiration of the tribal groups or the Pashtun nationalists who would one day try to carve out their own independent country. Well, guess what? Today, the children of the Pakistani deep state are devouring the state of Pakistan. Can anyone do anything about it anymore?